Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome in to CHGO White Sox, uh, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I don't know why I introduced it like that. Hmm, CHGO White Sox. Mm, it worked. It's what the podcast is called. That's true. <laughs> welcome in to Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew in the... Blue tie-dye shirt. It looks really blue on the screen. It's a it it's a it's a compliment to our cameras and our lights in here that this it really it looks like I'm wearing a neon sign. I think it's the hat too. Kind of the sure. well, like the it's just the blue it of pops. the outfit. Yeah. yeah. Um Vinny Duber in a monochrome monochromatic blue. Electric blue. Oh, <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh just put together a thread of all of his articles from when he was down in spring training. Uh so if you missed anything uh from Billy Hamilton being back, uh to the Mike Clevenger day one stuff to um Aloy Jimenez playing right field, which he did for uh, the second time this spring already. That's her balance. Uh, Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Akramal23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Um, Aloy now playing in his second game in right field. Uh, as Pedro said, he wanted to see him out there. No way to see him out there. And before he goes to the World Baseball Classic, then him being out there. Uh, didn't have any attempts in the first game, and this game's not being broadcasted. So we still don't know what Aloy Jimenez looks like in right field. So as long as he can stand there. He looks like well. Aloy Jimenez, just he just <laughs> over several hundred feet. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that with Elvis Andrews and how it feels weird just being over 100 feet uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. Um, we do have some uh, new rule stuff that I want to talk about. We'll get into here, and we'll get into the Elvis stuff a little bit back. Oh, and I forgot oh, I forgot to do the bit. Thank you, Who's Your Daddy. Um, Vinny Duber, back from Arizona. It's true. Yeah. Still, perpetually. Yeah. yeah, It doesn't get the same <laughs> ring as the Australia one. No, back from, you know, people yeah. go to Arizona on a fairly regular basis, right. you know. You've so. been? Yeah, I've been to Arizona. You have the, you have the Arizona hat and you got the jersey for the getaway. Yeah. yeah. It's a terrible state. Terrible state? It's beautiful. For, for me, it's I Beautiful have, looking. Too hot. <laughs> too hot. Things that can kill you that are animals like coyotes. Not the team. You know, the actual animal. There's and those scorpions, here. too. Yeah, we got coyotes. We Sometimes coyotes. coyote goes into the uh, AT&T store down on Michigan Avenue. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I'll agree with you on the heat, though. I'm not a huge, like, 100 degree. Those little scorpions? Person. No, I'm good. Yeah. The, oh, the yeah. band or the animal. Ooh. Both terrible. Scorps. <laughs> we have, like, one uh, song, and, right? And what and what a transition. Rocky Like a Hurricane, that's a song they played, played past tense at the United Center when Patrick Kane would score a goal for the Blackhawks. 
but he's not on the Blackhawks you know anymore. That song, Sean? I had no idea. I had th- I thought they would play Chelsea Dagger after he would score. No, a goal they so they had a, for Kane and Taves. They had specific tunes. Mm. So they'd play "Rock You Like a Hurricane." Kane, right. get it? Yeah, yeah makes sense for for Kane, and yeah. they'd play "Johnny Be Good" for uh, for Taves. For Jonathan Tate because his yeah, name is John. John. Yeah, yeah. Right. okay, yeah. Uh, wonderful. Um, yeah, did you guys heart? You, I mean, you you knowing that fact. I mean, you heartbroken that Kane's gone. I mean, this I don't know, heartbroken. Book, I would just say, you know, you can watch the CHGO Blackhawks uh, <laughs> podcast for for actual analysis of this. Uh, but you know, certainly end of an era, and uh, you know, but it kind of feels like that era has been ended for a while now. I would say, right. No, I am not a Blackhawks fan, so no, I don't care if Patrick Kane is a New York Ranger or not. Yeah, uh, and uh, Shirek Bobby saying, what do the Hawks get in return? Uh, I think it's a second and a fourth, and the second could become a first. So, And everything that I've seen from uh, you know our CHGO Blackhawks guys is that uh, it was a good return for the situation because, like, what leverage did you have? I mean, Patrick Kane was basically, everyone knew it was basically he was going to say he wanted to be traded or not be traded. And now that he said he wanted to be traded, well, what are they going to do, not trade him? Like, there's no leverage in that situation. So the fact that they can kind of get a first um, is, is pretty good for them. So oh, man, uh, he got traded for the situation? It's not a good trade. Mike? Yeah, he's terrible. I don't think he can see. He went to jail. I think he uh, went to jail for tax evasion. It makes sense. Tracks for that Terrible guy. comedian. He tried to do a roast of Donald Trump, and it did not work out. I mean, he's always seemed pretty talentless. <laughs> so, Jim Tan Laundry, yeah. <laughs> Did you watch uh, that? I have no idea what you're Jersey talking Shore. about. Jersey Shore. No, I've never the situation. seen that. I've never seen wow, that. You, you so know lucky. names of people from a reality show? It was Snooki. I mean, and, and I haven't even seen this Yikes. one. I could probably do the whole cast. Snooki, Ronnie, Jay Wow, uh, Mike, Pauly D. I've, I've never sounds seen like a real Sounds like a real me- a regular Mensa meeting going on over there. And Vinny, too. There's a Vinny there. Mm. Oh. Dina. Yeah, there you go. Mm. So it yeah. wasn't good, but it was a uh, cheap. The reason I never watched it. Oh yeah, you're lucky. You're lucky. So, yeah, I, that's uh, why I never watched it either. But I, I, I learned my lesson on reality shows from that, and then when they ruined uh, my favorite show. What was your favorite? Show? Big Brother. Oh, oh god, it's so bad. It's so bad now. Man, it used to be so good. When was it good? Till until like season fifteen. Yeah, I watched all of all of those. Yeah, you're not a reality TV show. I guy. hate reality TV. Okay. <laughs> I got there. I got there eventually. Is that your favorite show of all time, Big Brother? Like oh, the- reality show. Yes, yeah, my okay. favorite one, but no, not my favorite show of all time. It's Ted Lasso, man. It's getting there, and really? season three it's is great. coming. So good. Season three is coming up. I can't wait for it. Favorite show of all time? My favorite show of all time? Comedy, uh, Seinfeld, Simpsons, 30 Rock, uh, drama, West Wing. Okay. Love the West Wing. I know a lot of West Wing adults. I never got into it. I don't have the attention span, shockingly, for West Wing. Yeah. Um, it's like an hour long, but those feel like... No, it was on network TV, so it's like 44 minutes well, or something right. like that. Right, well, yeah. I mean, like, an, well, like a, a half-hour show is 20 minutes, and a, an hour sure. long is, is 45, right? But, wow. like, still, like, that one feels like... <laughs> that's, a, where you, that's where you draw the line, huh? Well, no, but, like, <laughs> it, it's, like, if it was on network TV, it would be 30 minutes with commercials. But, Correct. like, without on streaming, it's, like... 22 with correct with, with commercials yeah anyways um <laughs> that, that show just feels like you know the 45 minutes it feels like an hour 15 i just i, I can't do it. i can't get into it um who's your daddy makes a great point sports is an actual reality t- sh- uh, reality show do you, do you ever feel that way as a reporter well it's actual reality as yeah. opposed to being scripted which most reality tv is there it is <laughs> i don't know i watch <laughs> i watch housewives with my girlfriend and I, I i just there's some there's some beefs that don't feel scripted also uh Sports, you know, is a display of some sort of ability. Yes. Generally, reality TV is just 
showing you how stupid and mean people are, which is not really fun That's for true. me. Um, I, th- I believe uh, our guy Stefan Bartos came in. Uh, stupid funny is Entourage. Entourage guy. I've watched it. It's all right. Not not a huge fan of Entourage. I didn't have HBO as a kid or as a young adult. So when I watch shows, I watch them like years after. So Sopranos, I've seen like years after. Awesome. Same thing with The Wire. Just The Wire might be my favorite show of all time, but I still don't have HBO. And I know everybody's like, oh, HBO Max, you should get it. It's this, that, Secession, that show. Like, hey, man, I got I got money. I don't, I don't have that much money just to be spending. Get somebody else's password. Hey, man, I'm not trying to go to jail. I gotta go to jail. Hey, shouldn't do a it. Lot of, a lot of Americans are know dead. the difference between right and wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Boy, if, if I do it, I'm, I'm gonna pay for it. You wouldn't download a car, would you? The uh, the piracy thing from like before movies and like there was like the 2000. Uh, like, yeah, I seen that commercial. Like PSA things, and it's like, uh, oh yeah, 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 you wouldn't download a car, would yeah. you? It's like, yeah, I would if I could. I got 3D print yeah. a car. Yeah, it'd be sick. it wouldn't work, but sure, <laughs> we could give it a shot. Um, what's up, everybody in the chat? Uh, good to see you. Uh, Matthew Lucas asking if Honey Boo Boo was scripted. Uh, didn't watch it, but I, I do know. Again, I think you were brought up Mensa before. Mm. Um, yeah, Mensa as yeah. well. Um, yeah, you got HBO money. HBO is not that expensive. I haven't I haven't done the wire yet, but uh, a lot of good stuff. I don't have that money because I'm spending money on YouTube TV and I'm spending money on Hulu TV and I'm spending money on Prime Video and everything else. So I had to make choices. You have to budget these things out now as an I adult. You. I get you. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about uh, re- reality TV, uh, but the sports one. Okay. Um, new rules for this reality uh, for the <laughs> 2023 season. Bill Marshall. New what? rule. New rules. Never mind, you didn't get it. That's an HBO reference. Everybody thought you didn't have HBO. I don't. I just get I just get the uh, new rules uh, retweeted in my uh, feed. Not as good as it used to be. No. Mm-hmm. Um. So and, and even then, was he ever that good? Um. He's cranky. He is cranky, <laughs> and I I, I I like the crankiness. But then it, it, it turned a little bit like eh, you're reaching. Uh. But who is that? that turns. That's everybody. What do we got? We got that's some baseball. Right. Stuff? We got baseball. Uh, the chain. Uh, so, uh, the one thing that I found interesting that I was reading today is. The now, the way that this author put it, and it was reading um, the advanced scout, uh, Noah Woodward, um, and he was talking about the secret pickoff play. Apparently, the Mets uh, cleared out the beat reporters from 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 practice. So down in Port St. Lucie. Yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm uh, picturing just like you were watching the fly ball drills, mm-hmm. um, right as they're about to do that, being like, "All right, guys, scatter, shoo, shoo, shoo." Um, has that happened to you, or at least did this happen last spring training, or this? Last spring training you were at with Pedro, like any any nope. new stuff that he was hiding? No, not that he would tell us about, and not that was taking place while we were on the field. Um, but as uh, I, I sent you, I'm sure you're going to get to it here. Uh, he was asked, "Hey, are there any ways that uh, teams are going to be working within the rules or to try to bend them and stretch them, and uh, you know, get a little bit of an advantage uh, uh, within these new rules. And he said, yeah, of course that's probably going to happen. And someone asked him, you know, well, and he said, you know, we're, we're one of them. We're one of them that are trying to figure out how to play within these new rules and how to get an advantage within these new rules. And so the follow-up question was, well, you know, what are you doing? And he said, I'm not going to tell you. So <laughs> right. there are some secrets at Sox camp, apparently. Yeah. Uh, 
the advanced scout goes on and says, uh, you know, uh, quotes Jason Stark and says the Mets are going to try a ton of stuff. Uh, Buck is going to have his pitchers hold the ball after they get two disengagements and take a chance that they can pick off guys. And then Evan Drellich tweeted on Monday uh, that the camp reporters were told to leave the field because of a proprietary drill. So, again, uh, not letting the other 29 teams know of uh, stuff like Pedro was alluding to. Um, apparently it's a, a pickoff play that's just going to, you know, uh, when you get to – two disengagements, a, a way to play chicken, apparently, with the runner. Um, I don't know how you guys think that this is going to affect baseball. Um, the White Sox felt like they got ran on a lot last year, but with the new rule being you could pick over twice and then um, you know, the, the third time, uh, you know, if you don't get that person, uh, when you get that disengagement, uh, the person automatically gets second base. Um, so what do you make of the new rule and, and how it will affect the Sox? I think the White Sox should not have – matter like the one thing that uh, Greg Maddox through his career Mark Burley picked off people but Greg Maddox throughout his career did not worry about the runner going to second with the White Sox I don't think it necessarily matters if the guy's trying to steal the base and Yasmani has a strong enough arm to throw people out we saw the other day he did it and if he's healthy his legs are healthy he can do that on the regular but I'm not trying if I'm the White Sox I'm not trying to do that or focus on that. I'm trying to execute my pitches. If the guy wants to steal, let him steal, and we'll try to throw him out. But I'm not doing a pickoff move like the Mets are getting into because how many times can you do that before somebody catches on to you? The first time, over. Then you're done. No one else is going to do it. And you don't have that much time. You have 20 seconds with a runner's on base. So stalling them out actually is the advantage of the offensive team, not the pitcher. So what I'm doing, if I'm a pitcher and I'm the White Sox, I'm not worrying about the runner on first. Yes, I'm keeping them close, but if I already thrown over two times and I've already checked on them, there's nothing more I can do and to have strategy against that runner. And if they want to run and they want to run themselves out of innings, be my guest. White Sox can always call a pitch out and other things, but I will not be setting up special you know, strategy to get that guy out at first base or second base, wherever he's at. So... If I was uh, Ethan Katz, I was like, worry about the batter because that's the most important thing. You get him out, the guy in second doesn't matter. Well, the first thing I'll say is uh, this is only increasing the likelihood of me living out my lifelong dream, which is witnessing a Major League Baseball team successfully execute the hidden ball trick. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, listen, this is baseball, right? Baseball is that chess match. And, uh, you know, they throw a bunch of new rules on there. Teams are going to come up with ways to try and um, gain an advantage while working within them. And uh, like you said, Herb, the Mets are going to run this one time during the regular season, and then everybody's going to know that they have that in their toolbox. Well, that's chess. Then they get then the then the team. You know, the teams are going to try to think of a way to gain an advantage on the base paths, and then it's going to go back to the to the pitcher and the, and the catcher. I mean, this is just how this works, and and you know, you see it in in other sports all the time too. I mean, remember when we were younger? Uh, you know, it was it was the wildcat was the big thing oh, in, yeah. in the yeah. NFL. Everybody yeah. was running the wildcat yeah. for a while there, um, <laughs> and now it's just this you know normal thing that sometimes happens, but the defense learns how to stop it. Mm -hmm. So listen, it it's it. This is how sports works. This is how baseball works. Uh, Good, good for these teams to try and uh, find a way to work around some things or, or gain an advantage. But uh, listen, it's it's you know you don't want to use tests. You can or chess. You can use tennis as an ace example. One t one side will return the serve, and then the other side will smack it right back. Uh, so um, I, I would expect these kind of things, and it sounds like we're going to get them. Well, yeah, I, I want to talk about a little bit more about that. I do want to give a shout out to Les Grobstein though, because um, when you bring up the Wildcat, I think of then now 
dead uh, Miami Dolphins head coach, uh, Tony uh, Sperano. Sperano, but he said uh, dead Tony S- Soprano, Soprano. Yeah. Uh, on air. Uh, just classic <laughs> class stuff. Um, but the NFL, ca- the, and this is again from the, the advanced scout, but he put it as the NFL occasion, NFL occasion yeah. uh, of baseball. Is it too simple of a game to be like the NFL where you have playbooks and, you know, in-depth formations and motion, or is it simply like tennis where it's like, all right, it's, it's in between the lines. You hit it, you know, with some spin, less spin, like a little bit more finesse. Like, is it just basically, you know, uh, I mean, is it, you know, I guess how, how simple is baseball or how complex can baseball truly become? I think it can be as complex as – I think it already is complex. I mean, what, look at what the shift was. Mm-hmm. The shift was literally the coaches in the dugout having a different play in a book for every batter that came up in against every kind of pitcher, right? I mean, that it, it, it already was that. And so now it's getting a little simpler because you got to put – you know, there's rules of where you can put guys in terms of uh, them eliminating the shift. But as we were watching yesterday when they had the, the Sox-Mariners spring training game on TV in here, what's the shortstop doing? He's standing as far over as he possibly can yep. while, while, while being within the rules. He's going to stand in different spots based on different batters that come up. Those are playbooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they work on plays in spring training. You know what I mean? Think about, think about a bunt play. Think about, you know, and again, I don't know. if oh, That's a good question. I don't know if the... Uh, does the shift rule apply to the bunt play when you, well, you draw, be, draw in? Because everybody has be to. Dirt. Everybody's got to be on the dirt, right? So. Maybe it's just you can't go Bad. beyond yeah, the dirt. You can dirt. come within, but Anthony um, Rizzo used to be like on the right in, in front of the batter, right? But they mm-hmm. practice that in mm-hmm. spring training, where they're you know think of the wheel play where you've got the the first baseman coming in and the second baseman going over to cover first base. Uh, I mean, the, the pickoff play that we saw a lot uh, last year was just where the catcher puts his glove down if a runner's on second base, and that just tells the pitcher to throw back. Like we saw that a couple times, and that's you Joe know, Kelly. Uh, yeah, I think Joe, and they say was it, it was it was Kelly alone. Anyways, I think he did it a couple times. And you've got yeah. people, you've got people, you know, even just spitballing, you know, in a barroom style conversation. Oh, they're going to abandon the infield shift. Well, why don't you bring the left fielder over and have him play shallow right field? I mean, it 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 is something that you don't even need to have the PhD in baseball to think about. Imagine if you do have the PhD in baseball, you thought of this months ago. You yeah. know what I mean? When these things were first being talked about, so. Um, it is complex. It already is complex. Think of how think of a pitcher attacking a batter a very specific way, working within this big of a box, right? To try, but if you put it here, it's there's a certain percent percent chance of success rate versus putting it here, and there's a totally different one. So, um, yeah, of course, it's already complex. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call it simple at all. Just remember, we were talking about the um, steroid era, where they're like the hitters are in front of the test. And as Vinny said, like once they realize the ban and all that stuff in the pitch clock is going to be here, the managers, the upper management, the players themselves, like how can we take advantage of this new rule? And as Vinny said, and we were talking about on Sunday, you can move that right fielder into short right field, move the center fielder into where traditional right fielder plays, have the left fielder shade and more to center, and then have the two guys on the traditional third and second uh, shortstop just have them shift a little bit more. So it's a shift again. You just can't move the infielders. So it's the shift will still be in play, I guarantee, for Yasmani Grandal. He got that hit yesterday, which it wouldn't have been last year. But if he's doing the same thing and he's hitting the ball in the same areas, I guarantee they're going to shift the fuck out of Yasmani Grandal and do it with the outfielders. So these guys are ahead of the new rule. And, you know, it might 
as Fred said, it might make a nominal difference, but I think it's going to make a huge difference if they just play it straight up the, up and down, which I don't think most managers are going to do. But I think these managers are, and probably Pedro Gafal is uh, one of them, trying to find a way to advantage and game the system that they've already placed out there. So I'm in. You can't see my shoes because they're terrible, Mailman Jack. I'm not a shoe guy, ever. I mean, even if I get Sean's wearing two different kinds of shoes yeah, today. Yeah, he is. Was that on purpose? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and yep, they look same, same shoe, same like shoe. twelve times on purpose. They look good. If you had done it on accident, I'd be making fun of you. Yeah. No, I think if I did this on and accident, the he- like yeah. then I'd have to check it for if I like have color. Wow, like hello, his, beautiful. His hat is like reddish. He's got the reddish. Uh, Flowers on his shirt, and then it's a new shirt, and I immediately spilled hot sauce on it. It works. Nice. Is it red too? This the hot sauce. Oh, uh, it was over here. I got it out. I think with a, a little dawn. You what know? kind of hot sauce? Uh, it was Cholula. Oh, oh. Okay. Next time you do that, you know, uh, saliva breaks it down a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Also tastes good. Hot sauce. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> exactly. Are you saying lick it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I would have looked really weird if I was in a restaurant and started licking my shirt. Yeah, you shouldn't do it in public. No, yeah. okay. just get it out. <laughs> right. um, Want to let you know about Foco. I got some more stuff on uh, the pitch clock. Uh, I agree with uh, Fred. Um, and, and there's some stuff from Jesse Rogers on uh, the stats of how baseball has changed uh, timing-wise. But want to take a quick break here, let you know about Foco. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked, yeah, get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leaders in sports merchant collectibles. Foco, that's F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out Foco.com, again, F-O-C-O. Click the link in the description below for online pre-sale items. Use promo code CHGO for 10% off. Um, again, we mentioned the bobbleheads in that read. Uh, they have a ton and ton of bobbleheads. Uh, that's my favorite part about the FOCO website. Uh, when games were like three hours and 34 minutes, um, it was really easy to get lost on the FOCO website and just look at all the bobbleheads and all the cool bobbleheads that they can have. But now you got to pay attention. And, but now i got to pay attention. Uh, <laughs> also got to let you know about ComEd. Uh, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territories, and customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So visit comed.com slash powering B-I-Z, comed.com slash powering biz, now to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, you can contact us at one 855 433-2700. And for more information, you can email business ee at comed.com. So uh, games going by quicker, uh, less time to spend on foco.com. Uh, now games have been shortened. According to Jesse Rogers, spring training games down 23 minutes mm. with a pitch clock. <laughs> Beautiful. Under 240 for a baseball game. If that's Love the it. average. Beautiful. Love it. Insane. I mean, we might have extra inning games that are under three hours. What? Yes. And it's just action all the yeah. time. Like, I've watched these games, and the announcers are not used to it yet. They're like, oh, God, we got to go to commercial already because that guy just <laughs> struck out a dude. Like, they had, uh, I think it was uh, Max Scherzer struck out a guy in, like, 20 seconds. 
They're like, this guy had this. He was trying to tell a story about his year last year. <laughs> By the time that he got to the middle of the story, oh, Max Scherzer strikes that guy up. We'll go to the bottom of the third. Vin Scully would not survive oh in the pitch God. clock era. Yeah, and the broadcast right. with uh, Stoney and Benetti will be still entertaining, but they don't need to fill time anymore. If it's a blowout either way, it's just going to be the inning's going to be over, and before you get a chance to do anything, like going down to our chuck or anything like that, next pitch going to be thrown. going to be a lot of one-liners yes. from, from Stone and Jason uh, this year. <laughs> They'll be flexing that writing muscle more. Um, yeah, I think it's honestly hilarious seeing, the, and I know it's the two opposite ends, and there could even be uh, moments like this that happened without a pitch clock, but the video that was posted where it's uh, Pedro Baez, one of the notably most mm-hmm. slowest working pitchers in baseball, just taking an entire minute and a half to throw a pitch and then an inning where I think, you know, there was like four or five pitches thrown gets completed in under a minute and a half. Um, you're not going to have these long meandering play, uh, you know, innings where just nothing's happening. Um, I'm so excited for this. Um, like there was the steroid era. Like I think they're finally in the pitch clock era. Um, and I'm really excited for this year. I think it's going to have massive changes. Like the shift I don't really care about. Like it might help like Corey Seager and like yeah. a couple lefties, but it's not going to change baseball drastically. More people will watch baseball, I think, because the pitch clock. And I think it will be a significant uh, factor if, you know, a- after 2023. I think it's going to take a while for it to be noticed and, you know, catch on. But especially with the ability to be on – ESPN, National, Apple TV, it's going to just make more people tune in, I think. I think facilities like Guaranteed Great, Wrigley, all the rest of them, need to find a way to have their vendors be more in the stands because missing an inning is 20 minutes, if that. You know, when you go out and get a beer or a dog or something like that, it takes, you know, a certain amount. You missed an inning. Now, man, you might miss two, three innings, and the game might be just in the balance, hanging in the balance while you were gone in the bathroom or going to get some beer. So they need to find a way initially because it's going to be like a a thing for every one of us to get used to initially. They, at the middle of the season, have to get this nipped in the bud because I ain't missing a couple innings because I wanted my favorite beer down there or a beverage. I mean, or a, a dog. You know how long it takes at guarantee rate sometimes. Yeah. Especially you know if you got to go to the bathroom. You know what it'll be like? Hmm. It'll be like playing a video game. I mean, I'm, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm, if, if, you, if you play a baseball video game, right, you don't have the all the standing around waiting. It's just you, you click through the replay, and it's as soon as you can throw the ball again, you throw it, right? right. Yep. That's what this will be like. You will be f- forced by the rules to operate at video game speed. Literally, I found it hilarious where there was a play earlier in the Mets and uh, I think Astros. It was 5 nothing. Uh, I forget who's pitching. Uh, Astros are up, 3-2 count. Um, the batter is in the box, ready. There's eight seconds left. He's looking at the pitcher, but, like, he wasn't, like, fully set. Yes. Um, so, you know, automatic strike gets called. Um, at bat ends, 3-2 count, full count, and he's just, like, looks at the umpire, and he's like, well, I can't be mad at you. Like, I can't scream <laughs> yeah, right. at you. He's just like, oh, I'm mad. And then he just walks on. But, like, you see the pitch clock behind it, and, it, like, it's already at, like, 28 seconds. And, like, the guy's not even in the box yet. So it's like you have 30 seconds immediately from the out being made, it seems like, to even get in the box, yeah. get ready, and be ready to go. Like, it's it's going to be quick. They were making a, a thing about how it was Darren and um, Lynn on the broadcast the other day about how pitching coaches even have to speed up their pace because you only have 30 seconds to talk to your pitcher. 30 yeah. seconds! So they're, like, uh, uh, making an inference towards older, bigger 
uh, pitch coaches in the past. I know it was kind of a shot at Don Cooper, but you got to run to the mound. It's like, hey, man, you gotta, you're good, you're good. Throw this pitch, blah, 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 and get the fuck out because 30 seconds is a not a long time, especially if you're in one of those cavernous ballparks like Oakland. Jesus. 30 seconds to run out there. All that foul territory. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just so terrible. Move already. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah. Uh, I think, too, uh, like, that's going to be, like, like, thank God they got rid of the ability to just make pitching changes whenever you could, too. Like, thankfully, we have the three batter minimum now, Tito. too. Yeah. Uh, because it, it, the big thing is going to be, you know, you went out there and waited a minute and a half, not because you're telling them all the secrets about the defense. It's like, all right, let's give him a breather. Let's let him regain his best stuff, his ability to throw 97. Now it's just going to be about stamina. And maybe you see more pitching changes. Um happening but you know again we're not going to see the ridiculousness of you know terry francona going lefty righty you know i, li- I like this matchup uh, and you know that's how brian shaw gets used 150 times out of cleveland's bullpen white uh, Sox uh camp invitee brian shaw hey he pitched today uh clean inning uh no walks no strikeouts just another inning pitched another day's work for brian His shaw i gonna fall off one of these days yeah pitches like every single day when he's dead you know he's, he's, he's <laughs> definitely has that feeling uh, about himself uh, you know uh, we'll take a quick break here uh, and then we'll get into Elvis Andrews uh, want to let you know about CHGO and how we're supported by Goose Island Beer Company hey Herb's drinking one I'm drinking one uh, cheers why not uh, Chicago's beer since 1988 uh, you got the Bulls City 312 uh, you got the Bulls mm-hmm. City jerseys but in the uh, Goose Island 312 beer uh, so it's the the Bulls jersey on the can and then mm-hmm. the beer is 312 um, you also have the Blackhawks Pale Ale. That's a limited release. Um, they're both uh, got Goose Island. Uh, there's a Goose Island pub in the UC. Neighbors uh, over with the tap room uh, with the UC. Very close. Uh, but they also got the Bourbon County Stout. Like I said, on Sunday, uh, there's a lot of different now flavors of the Bourbon County Stout. Maybe I was just off, but there's a coffee, a Sir Isaac one that's got uh, some graham crackers and, and fig in it. Uh, there's also there's no apple? There might be. In the Sir Isaac? I don't know. Hey. Do you uh, get why he would ask that, Sean? Newton. Okay. Yeah. I'll make it yeah. sure you know that. <laughs> I, I, I got it. Went to, I, went to, I went to science class a couple times here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sir Isaac Stout. Stout aged in bourbon barrels with, I swear it says figs. Figs, graham crackers, and natural flavors. Mm-hmm. I mean, Fig Newton is a thing. There so it is. Maybe that's, that's the connection there. Yeah. But is, is that for... Fig Isaac Newton? I have no idea. <laughs> it was his nickname I'm not fig? as familiar with a Fig Newton as I am with the story of the apple falling from the tree. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and they also have a, a biscotti one as well. Um, so uh, they have a lot of different uh, flavors of the Bourbon County Stout. Um, and they also have the 312 that we're drinking, uh, the Matilda, the Sophie, the Green Line, and the Beer Hug IPA series uh, if you are an IPA drinker. So Goose, Goose Island's two locations are open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer right from their innovative takes at Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brewhouse at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations to pick up, go to gooseisland.com slash location, Goose Island Beer Company. And PB&J tomorrow, Bulls Live watch party with the guys of CHGO Bulls. $2 off of uh, regular Goose Island beers. And then the pitcher, I think there's a, also a deal on Goose Island pitchers. So go out to your, go out there and find yourself some delicious Goose Island. It's free to get in, but you got to pay for your Goose Island. Yeah, all CHGO.com for all of the details on that event. Also, got to let you know about Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticket site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, the 50-yard line, 
courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It is possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on White Sox, Blackhawks, or Bulls tickets. Both Bulls and Blackhawks return to the UC on Thursday and Friday. It was created by the fans for the fans, and it guarantees the lowest price. So if you love CHGO, then you'll love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join our 15 million people who have downloaded GameTime app to score the best seats to all your favorite events. Thank you to GameTime for supporting CHGO. Uh, White Sox are currently in the bottom of the ninth against the Diamondbacks. This game is not being broadcasted. Uh, White Sox are in line, though, for their second win in spring training. Uh, two games in a row. We got a winning streak. They'll be 2-2, two and 4-1 two, uh, to one, uh, right now over the Diamondbacks. Uh, no Elvis Andrus uh, today, I believe. Yeah, Hanser Alberto played second base and at shortstop with some guy named Tim Anderson. Uh, but funny enough, uh, yesterday we were going on during the 10-1 uh, Mariners win. The clear thing to see was, hey, Jake Berger hit a home run. Let's talk about Jake Berger. But after the game, Elvis Andrus, in his first game ever playing second base, said it was completely weird. Um, I do want to go to a clip here. Um, just from when Vinny got to chat with Elvis Andrews and Elvis Andrews drive uh, about the transitioning to second base. Uh, and then we'll kind of add the color of what it was like yesterday. But here's Elvis uh, and Vinny about playing second base. All right. Not found. It's all right. We were having that issue yesterday. Um, I don't know. Talk about a streak. Hey, <laughs> there we go. Hey, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, basically, though, what he said was, I know it's going to be a journey. It's not going to be the cleanest thing. It's basically what Elvis Andrews said. Um, uh, him saying it, it being weird isn't the biggest shock, but again, like it, it's a, a new thing. A guy played 2,000 games at shortstop, and here he is now trying out a new position. Um, what do we make of him feeling like it's it's weird? Natural. You know, he's used to playing on one side of second base, ranging to his right or left, a certain way, ball coming off the bat a certain way too. You don't forget about that because of the spin is different there. So yeah, it for this first game, yes, it's going to be difficult, but this is what spring training is all about, getting used to that uncomfortableness and then making it just comfortable for yourself. I think eventually the veteran will be fine, but don't expect him to be one of the best second basemen in the game right off the bat because he has a lot of stuff to learn about that position. The footwork will be, I think, the most challenging. His arm is, of course, a shortstop's arm, so it's already going to be as good as it can be. But I think it's going to be a little you know, troublesome initially, but as long as he brings the bat, I don't really necessarily mind if he makes – a couple errors or a couple mental errors out there because we know he's not a natural second baseman. And I know people say, well, what's so hard about it? It's a totally different position. That's why I don't do it in season. If it would have happened last year, if Timmy would have came back at the end of the year and Elvis would have switched over, that would have been really rough because they would have been doing it in the heart of the season and not having enough uh, leeway to find out how the position works out. So I think eventually by the end of this year, you won't, necessarily notice that Elvis Andres is a second not a second baseman at the beginning of the season I think you'll definitely notice that it that he's not used to it it's not comfortable for him yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a reason I spent the whole offseason saying you know Elvis Andres is a shortstop has never played second base before it shouldn't be this no-brainer that he's going to uh, come in and play second base. Now, of course, it ended up happening that that's what the White Sox did. They went and signed him to play second base. But um, I think the point still stands. Yeah, this is a guy who spent 15 years in the major leagues playing shortstop. Second base is right next to shortstop, but it's it's the mirror image, right? I mean, the, the ball is coming off the bat differently if you're standing at second base versus if you're standing at shortstop. Um, 
Yeah, it should be weird. And and I think the White Sox hope is weird is all that it's going to be, you know, that it's not going to be a problem or uh, something that takes months to master uh, because they only have a month until opening day. Um, Elvis is very uh, experienced when it comes to playing Major League Baseball. He's very talented, obviously, and I think that that will help. You know what I mean? It's not like you're just throwing some rando in, in into a position change. Um or a severe position change, as we saw with Andrew Vaughn going to the outfield. Um, you know, still kind of, I'm still curious as to how he was fine in 2021 and then really bad in 2022. It wasn't fine in 2021, though. I mean, he was horrible. In well, he August. didn't like make a bunch of like you know tripping over himself. Like there were it, last year, from an anecdotal yeah. standpoint. I'm sure you have numbers to say something else but from an anecdotal standpoint in 2021 what he did was he was very careful and he made the plays that he could make and he let balls drop in front of him so he didn't screw up and last year he visibly screwed up a lot so my point being as Andrew said in the interview we ran in yesterday's show it's not easy to switch positions and so um you shouldn't expect it to be easy Elvis probably has a leg up in that it is not quite as drastic as Andrew going to the outfield but it's not going to be just flip of the switch. Okay, now he's a second baseman. Well, yeah, and the numbers say like, I mean, he's just he was bad in twenty twenty one. He was bad in twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, Vaughn. Yeah. Um, I think too is just like you know the the more you're out there, I think the more it just got exposed. The more balls he had to play, the more difficulty. Probably the more he was second guessing himself too. Like I don't I don't think it was ever like I don't think he got worse. I just think he was always bad. Yeah, confidence another thing. Yeah, once you. Don't get like I said in 2021. I thought just anecdotally and from my eyes, I was like, Andrew's fine in left field. He made the plays that he needed to make. He tries. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, you see the numbers are like, oh, he's negative seven ounce above average in 2021 or whatever the number was. And then last year was a total disaster. Confidence. He probably realized he wasn't as good as he was actually feeling in the in the field. And then it didn't work out for him. With Elvis Andres and Tim Anderson, I don't like that the fact that Tim's going away for so long and they can't work together to get their, you know, chemistry together. I'm sure they're doing it in, the, in their off time and during these games, but, you know, sometimes Elvis is a shortstop at heart. That means captain defense in the infield. You're going to probably meet each other in the middle of the field, and one of these guys like, hey, man, what the hell is going on? Do I go forward? Do you go back? What's going on here? You need that type of chemistry. You need that kind of communication to learn exactly what that where that player is going to be at and where you're going to be at. I don't know if he's going to acquiesce to Tim in that role because he sees himself as a shortstop, the leader of the infield. I don't know if he's going to be like, hey, Tim, this is your infield and you're, this is your team, so I'm going to let you catch most of those balls. I think it's just who's quicker to get to it. If Tim beats him there, you know, Tim beats him there. And like we're saying, with the shift, like Tim's playing right above second base. Like that, you know, that hitting each other might be a thing. But I would but let again, Tim go get the ball because he's coming towards first base instead of going away from first base like Elvis would be at second base. But guys, that's a play, right? Like we were talking about earlier. That's a play. You're supposed to realize who has the ball, and the other guy's got to back him up. It's not just peel off because what if – what if the guy that you give way to misses it? Then it's a then it's a single into in in into center field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and two uh, with Elvis, like I don't even know how much it is about like him and Tim. He just said after the game, 
the weirdest game I've played in a while. Um, even between innings, I was like, what am I doing here? But I'll get used to it for sure. Um, and, and again, that's what he was telling you um, in, in the interview in the clip that we had. Um, he said he's not 100% comfortable at second, but it was a pretty first good game um, and that he wished he could have a few ground balls. He had a nice liner that he caught um, ranging towards first base, diving out um, from the infield dirt to the outfield. Um, it was it was nice. Um, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't, again, like anything that I don't think he, he – couldn't have done last year. You know, I mean, it's just like he's a capable defender, and mm-hmm. that's that's what the White Sox need. Again, it's not some rando. Um, the idea of throwing Aloy Jimenez in right field isn't completely random. He's done it before in the Cubs uh, organization. Andrew Vaughn in the outfield, completely random. Like, you know, he's young. Hey. He's young and has legs. Prior to prior to Cactus League play, Aloy Jimenez had more professional experience as a right fielder than Elvis Andres did as a second baseman. That's true. <laughs> And he made a great catch at uh, Petco Park in the Futures game, too, yeah. playing right field. But, we, I mean, again, we haven't seen too many reports on what he looks like in right field. I don't know if he's had even any attempts at playing balls in right field yet. Um, he did have, I think, about three innings uh, before being pulled in today's game. Uh, White Sox, that game is final. They won 4-1. to one. End of nine uh, highlights. Sebi Zavala with a two-run home run. Uh, as Melissa mentioned earlier, Billy, the hitter, is back. He has a double. Luis Robert also had a double off Andrew Chafin. Hanser Alberto had a double, and he had a two-hit game. Um, Andrew Vaughn walked. Uh, Eloy Jimenez was two for two. Oscar Colas came in. He was one for two as well. Uh, Moncada drew a walk. He struck out twice as well. And uh, Timmy. Uh, had a run and walked as well. And I saw that Billy the Steeler got a, got him uh, third base, and then Oscar Colas tried to steal second. Didn't work out as well for him. So, yeah, Billy the ha- Hamilton, yeah, two-run score, too, today, using his legs as usual, and got a double. Um, Tim has a, uh, Tim had an error as well. Uh, Robert had an outfield assist. He got Gabriel Moreno out at home. Uh, and then we got some double plays. Vaughn to Anderson to uh, – oh, oh what, uh, never mind. I don't even know how to read that. Cool. Um, all, how about all that practice? Hey, how about all that practice? <laughs> Under two hours and 40 minutes, too. Was it really? Yeah. Was time. Yeah. Uh, first pitch was 110. Um, so, yeah, that wrapped up. Um, 110 their time. Yeah, so it wrapped up around like 340 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Stever pitched today. Good to see him back just because he was coming from uh, injury last year. Uh, Kendall Graveman, who's in the World Baseball Classic, pitched. Uh, Jose Ruiz pitched. Brian Shaw, as we mentioned earlier. Um, and then other guys that, you know. Jake Diekman pitched, uh, but outside of that, uh, nothing else of major note uh, from the White Sox game today. Uh, I did want to mention one thing, and it was about spring training. Now I'm off of it. This is great. Uh, Cool. That's all right. Well, it's not all right, because what are we going to talk about? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was uh, uh, the pitchers that are coming up. Uh, So the the pitching report – have you seen this? The 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 next pitchers coming out. Okay, um, I know Clevenger and Giolito are s- scheduled for a bullpen, and then I think Dylan is coming up on Thursday to pitch. Um, so I was just I was just I, I I know they announced some sort of a rotation um, coming up, but we're not going to see Mike Clevenger just yet. We're not going to see Lucas Giolito yet, but we should be selling uh, Dylan Cease this week. So uh, good to see some action uh, coming up in uh, Glendale. Very excited. I mean, get your work in. Do what you need to do. Don't get hurt. We've seen a lot of injuries already this first week of spring training. 
with uh, Gavin Lux probably going to miss the year with a fluke injury he got on his knee. Uh, is the White Sox can steer clear of that? It's been a thing in Major League so far. I mean, Joe Musgrove broke his big toe weightlifting. Come on. Just get through these games healthy. That's all I care about. Get your work in and get through because, like, five guys have already got injured, like, with injuries on the field. And it's not not, not very uh, encouraging to a team like the White Sox who have had injuries the last couple of years and have been the, uh, like, you know, what I say last year, they were uh, snake bitten. So, as long as it happens to other Something teams. Something that could actually happen in Arizona. Exactly. That's why I don't like the state. <laughs> Too many snakes. We got snakes here, but not deadly ones. For, for the pitchers, especially the starting pitchers in particular, spring training is about being able to pitch the length of a game come opening day, right? I mean, you're seeing guys right now who uh, – how, how am, you know, my reports from spring training, how many times did I say, boy, Lance Lynn looks like if opening day was tomorrow, he could pitch. But he goes out there in the first spring training game and he throws three innings. Right. And he'll throw four the next time. And he, he's in the WBC, so he's probably ahead of these other guys. You know, maybe Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito aren't even pitching that uh, quote-unquote minimum for a win five innings, what you would expect out of a starting pitcher at bare minimum, until, you know, you're still only, we're only like two weeks out from opening day. So um, these are necessary starts. Again, like we were talking yesterday, like Pedro said right before I left, ignore the stats. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't need to worry about the stats. But these guys need to get out there. They need to get into game situations, and they need to be able to throw five innings. Preferably in their mind, preferably six and seven come opening day, and so uh, uh, these starts are just about getting them into that routine way more than it is getting racking up strikeouts or, or even preventing runs. Um, thank you to the chat. Uh, we got Davis Martin on Wednesday, Lancelin Thursday, Dylan Cease Friday, uh, Clevenger and Gilito uh, through two live inning BPs this morning. Uh, this is from Daryl. Uh, Griffal said, I was really, really happy with the way those two guys are throwing the baseball right now. They look strong, really strong, pounding the strike zone. And Colson Montgomery is getting his first game action tomorrow. Um, he, uh, and Pedro said uh, he looks calm. It looks like the game comes to him at the right pace. Um, that was just because he faced uh, Clevenger today in BP. Um, yeah, I, I, I will see what happens with uh, the upcoming games. But it's going to be good to see Lance pitch. Um, I just think he's going to be one of the tougher guys to face in, in the World Baseball Classic just because he's gone through that routine, um, having, you know, three different fastballs. Like, will we guys be able to ready to catch up to that uh, that mile per hour? And, you know, you talking about him being ready. Um, you know, if, if that guy's midseason form like he was last year, he's not walking anybody. So uh, it's not going to be any free passes for anybody in the World Baseball Classic. So he should be a fun one to watch. I, uh, think, I, think, I think big year coming for Lance. Yeah. Just because of the health. I mean, like, we saw how good he was at the end of last year after he figured it out, but the season doesn't look good because he misses the first two months, and then he spends a month plus figuring things out, getting back to normal, doing what he would have done in March, not in July, right? So um, if he's got full health, he's ramped himself up early for the World Baseball Classic. I I mean, you saw how good he was two years ago. I think I think he gets back to that level in, in, in 23. Well, and the one thing that was really encouraging last year was it seeming like he had a, a different pitch. Um, his curveball seemed to be a little bit more uh, redefined, um, and he started throwing with a little bit more regularity. Uh, so, hey, maybe he's got another pitch, and maybe that's a little bit more sharpened, and maybe he's got Johnny Cueto-like offerings. You know, you, you never know what Lance Lynn's going to throw because he's got five pitches he can command really well, and – be an absolute nightmare because you know that guy's going to attack the strike zone. He's got a pitch clock as well. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's 
Not five at Cy Young again. There's a reason. There's a reason that the guys who hang around hang around, right? And yeah. we, you, you can, you can obviously point to a future Hall of Famer like Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer and say, "Oh, no, duh, these guys are good." But you know, Lance is in his thirties. Lance is is been hanging around, and when Lance has been healthy the last few years, he's been one of those guys like Justin or or Max who's automatic. It's just automatic. Like you know what you're gonna get. Like. You go back basically the last, what, two, three years prior to him joining the White Sox with the Rangers, and he's just boom, 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 every single time out. You know exactly what you're getting. Let, you know, up there in terms of innings, led the led the league during the COVID year in innings. I mean, he's just reliable. Um, I think he had most batters faced in 2019 as well. Um, he had 208 innings that year, and 2019, fifth in Cy Young, 2020, sixth in Cy Young, first year with the Sox, third in Cy Young. Yeah, and Pretty good. remember, this is kind of a walk year for him. I think he has a club option for next year, but he's trying to get his last contract most likely for Major League Baseball. And if he's healthy, fresh, like he should be because he only pitched half of the year last year and he looks like he's in top-notch shape and middle-of-season shape, I'm looking for a big year from him also. I don't know if he's going to be this, the ace, but there could be a battle. Him and Lucas are both on walk years. Dylan C's trying to get that real-time paper, so I'm sure they're going to be battling each other as they did in 2021, where it's like, oh, man, he just went out there and threw, it, threw a nine-inning shutout. I need to go out there and throw a, a no-hitter. You know, battling against each other, and I think that just Lance Lynn just is that guy. He wants to pitch. He wants the ball, and I think there's nothing going to be stopping him except for health. That's it. Like, last year, I think that was a fluke injury. It, it happened, like, in, when the offseason right in spring training. Yeah. After he showed up to spring last training. Last game. Yeah, right? and so he's got the fresh legs. He's got the fresher arm that he would usually have at this time. And I think, that uh, you know, going to the WBC will be a benefit for pitchers, especially like him, who knows what he's going to be throwing. And these, pitch, these hitters know what he's going to be throwing. Sometimes they just can't hit it because the man uh, locates his pitches so well. Um. Yes, and two with Lance, next year's an option, $18 million. It's a club option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hey, if he does finish top five in the Cy Young, I don't think the White Sox are going to decline that option. Um, he does have a Cy Young bonus, too, if he finishes top three. Maybe, yeah. So. He's got, he's got and, kids. And not only, that, not only that, they, they love having him around, too. I mean, he's, he's the, the leader of the pitching staff, and, and I think, you know, I'm not saying that alone is worth $18 million, but if you couple very reliable, very productive play with that, it's a no-brainer that, that he should be back for next year, I would imagine. His former teammate, Adam Wainwright. I mean, 38. You talk about his last contract. I mean, Adam Wainwright's still pitching. He's 41, pitching in the World Baseball Classic with Lance Lynn. It's a little re- reunion there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to dance or, or doubt Lance Lynn. I mean, No, I'm not doubting him. I'm just saying, like, he's pitching for another contract. Yeah, the White Sox might, you know, have a club option and exercise it, but he's trying to get that money. Yep. He's 36 years old right now. He knows that his baseball life is not that long and. Uh, in the game, but you know he might want to pitch into his forties, forty-one. But he's got kids to feed, so he'll be trying to get out there and make that extra eighteen million next year. Trying it because well, no, there's no nothing better than more money. Yeah, I mean he's got a one million dollar buyout, so you know he'll buy won't be doing for a little bit. They won't um, be doing that. Hopefully, uh, mentioning uh, health too. Uh, the only guys that I guess were like monitoring Kopech just because he's a little bit slow to start his. Uh, I guess, program, right? He's I, I wouldn't behind. even say behind schedule. I think it, it, when you talk about Kopech, it's that maybe he wasn't working ahead. You know what I mean? So a lot of these guys in the offseason, they're already doing those those tweaks and working on new pitches and stuff like that. 
Kopech had to spend the offseason getting back from from the knee surgery. So I, I wouldn't say he's behind schedule in any way. Again, there was that weird phrasing that Pedro used, he'll be ready for the second series. It's still the first turn through the rotation. He, should, he is ready for opening day is what that means in my mind. But um, I, I wouldn't call him behind schedule at all. I would just say you need to, you need to remember he was focusing on getting healthy during the offseason while maybe some other pitchers were working on you know, mechanics and, and pitches and stuff like that. So he's doing all of that now. Right. Obviously, Lance Lynn seems perfectly healthy and fine. He was probably, you know, working on his curveball and all that stuff. Uh, also, the other guy we're monitoring, uh, this is from Scott Merkin today, uh, and I'm guessing this is just to all the beat writers that are down there, but uh, Aaron Bummer has not been off a mound since arriving at spring training. He took a step back uh, due to nagging soreness in the same left shoulder slash lat area, limiting to 30. Mm two games during the 2022 season. At this point, Bummer is not worried about being ready for opening day. So we still might see Bummer, uh, even for Bummer, you know, he's, he's got less of a workload than Kopech. You know, Kopech's got to worry about throwing five, six, seven innings in a day. Uh, Aaron Bummer, it's, you know, we use it once for a series and we'll, we'll monitor you there. I mean, it's not as pressing if he's not ready to go. Yeah. Know. And I would, you know, I, he says he knows his body better than most. I would, if I was a White Sox, slow him down. You know, because he's more valuable for the full season, as we saw with players last year, lats and obliques, those are big time parts of the body where especially when you're pitching, you can't lose yourself uh, for months on end. If he needs to miss a certain amount of time early so he can pitch all the rest of the time, do it because it's not very uh, conducive to the White Sox. If you have to have him shut down, you have crochet that's not going to be pitching until May in the minors and your top lefty is going to be... Deekman, yeah. joy. That's not going to be good. I'm not good for that. So take your time, kid. Take your time. We need to have top-notch Aaron Bummer, especially that we don't have my guy Liam Hendricks, apparently, because of, you know, he's battling cancer. And by the way, this shirt is awesome. Uh, go and get you one. Close out cancer, 31. It's on the White Sox, uh, I think, website. So it's all good. If he comes back, White it's Sox.com slash Team Liam. I yeah, think it's, a, it's a bonus, but. You need people like Aaron Bummer to be healthy for the majority of the season. So if they feel like he's slow and he hasn't pitched off the mound yet, we got like a month left until we got to play real games, take his time. Yeah, absolutely take your time. And you can get the that shirt uh, for $31 at White Sox, or MLB.com slash White Sox slash fans slash team dash, dash, dash Liam. Type in I'm sure you go to the White Sox website. You can find it a little easier. Than you can that. type in yeah. whitesox.com slash Team Liam. I just Put did that, and it, it directed me there. H-H-H-T-T-P-S yes. colon W-W-W. <laughs> Forgot the backslashes. Backslash, sorry. Uh, that's it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us in the chat. We really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Vinny Duber for being on the podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox uh, beat writer Sean thanking me for showing up to work today. Thank you, Herb Lawrence, <laughs> for showing up to work today. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at AcronWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community <laughs> leader, and I'm Sean Anderson. Uh, I'll thank myself for showing up as well. Uh, you can follow him, uh, me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, and thank you to Sarah uh, for producing. For showing the show. up to work today. Uh, well, I you know specifically for producing. You know, I mean, great for showing up. But uh, I wore it. I wore it on the show. Okay, before. I just don't see it usually because like, you got the the but yeah. the button down right now. Look at the taco meat going too. Is that chest hair? Yeah. Okay. I don't like that. I don't like that term. Put it down. Put it down to like the 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 stomach, like a alloy. Well, I, yeah, I was I was I was all uh, I was inspired by our, our right fielder, but uh, you know, I, I now now you said taco meat, and now I'm feeling that was, that, was Car- that was Carlos Rodon's uh, 
uh, strategy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think you're gonna allow that in, in oh, New York? Oh hell no, no. Oh hell no. <laughs> it was it was a nice it was a nice style. Uh, anyways, that's gonna do it for the show. We will talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. Uh, thank you and go socks.